Welcome back, everybody. This is Max Burvey. I'm a senior on the men's alpine ski team. I'm sitting here with Dr. Rachel Walker, the uh, Director of Psychological Health and Performance at the University of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. What's up, everybody? It's great to be here. Thank you for joining me today. We are going to be uh, diving into, you know, some specifics today, some, you know, maybe uncomfortable topics for some, but yeah. Mental Skills 101, I think. We've covered very vaguely some mental skills over the past few over the past year, but let's get into the specifics. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of start off with uh, mindfulness. Um, I kind of want to ask you, what really is it? Why is mindfulness beneficial? Well, let me just say we're, we're titling this podcast series for the next four weeks, Mental Skills 101, and we're diving into some topics, but mental skills isn't just these four topics. So <laughs> there's a lot more that goes into it, and we're happy to see you one-on-one -on -one for anything um, that we talk about today that you want to learn more about. But as far as mindfulness, mindfulness is my jam. I really like mindfulness. Um, there's a lot of benefits to it that we're, we'll talk about today. Um, but if I were to give you a formal definition of mindfulness, because you asked, uh, it would be paying attention non-judgmentally to what's happening right now in this moment, both internally, so what's going on in your body, what's going on in your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your sensations, you know, are your muscles tight? Things like that, what's going on internally, but also what's going on externally. So what's going on in the environment? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? Um, you know, did a ref just make a bad call? Um, that's, you know, you're paying attention to that. But the, the key is that non-judgmental piece. And as humans, we struggle with that. Um, we're judging machines. Um, so it's not just what you pay attention to, but how you're paying attention to it that is super important. So let me, let's talk a little bit more. So that's like the formal definition. Max, I want to just talk through, when we talk about the importance of mindfulness, I like to highlight um, how it impacts both performance and mental health. So to talk about the performance, I'm going to ask you a question because um, I think it's important that the athletes know that mindfulness training is connected to flow state, which also can impact your performance um, or does impact your performance. So Max, when you think of flow state or being in the zone is often what we call it, how would you describe that for us? It's a pretty surreal feeling, I think, when you do it right. Yeah. And I think in my career, I'm probably 50-50 with actually getting it right. <laughs> and I know that in the races that I've actually done my best in, in the competition I've done my best in, it is completely natural. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally will get to the bottom, and if you asked me how my run was, I would be like, couldn't tell you. <laughs> Cannot remember. All yeah. I remember is kicking it out of the gate and from there it was just the sound of the wind and that's all I can remember and then there's times when I'm a little bit more present mm. and I know that I'm probably gonna think maybe and think and for me thinking is when I'm probably not gonna be going that fast so I, I, it's just a surreal surreal feeling I think all athletes can get it like you know, whatever it is, a play. And obviously skiing is different, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's about a minute of going as fast as you can. But even in soccer, football, basketball, whatever it is, 
you know, when you have the ball, like when you're making that play, I think athletes are doing their best when they're putting their their uh, their practice efforts at making it into like some sort of muscle memory, and it's just instinct. Yeah. So that's kind of how I see it. And really, like that instinct, that muscle memory, the um, automaticity is what we call it, like that physical. That's why we train day in and day out that is being in the zone, right? Like where your muscles are just going like that. Um, But it's also where the mind-body connection, the mind isn't getting in the way either. So it's allowing your body to perform, right? Um, So you described this surreal feeling. It sounds like maybe this sense of like a loss of self-consciousness. Like you're not, you're in the moment, so much so that sometimes you don't even remember when you get to the bottom of the hill. Um, I've heard athletes talk about flow state or being in the zone, like, you know, things just come easily. Uh, I'm not worried about what other people are thinking. I'm not caught in my head like you alluded to. You know, it just flows, which is ironic because that's what it's called, right? Like flow state. Um, But you know, I think there are these, there's these episodes of performing as well or better than you ever have before that feels effortless. And I think that's a little bit what you were describing too. When we think about flow state and research, yes, I'm going to drop the research bomb in there. Um, there's three key things that are associated with flow state. The first would be present moment awareness or attention, um, sense of control, So no matter what you do, you've got this. It's kind of like that confidence. There's no self-doubt. There's no room for that. And then the loss of self-consciousness, which you kind of described. The cool thing about mindfulness is that these three factors of flow state are also associated with mindfulness chaining. So this is also where I get super jazzed because um, Essentially, that means that if you train your mind with mindfulness training, whether that's formal exercises like with breathing or guided meditation or just bringing your attention to your surroundings when you're going on a walk, you can increase your chances of flow state being in the zone, which we know about flow state and being in the zone that if you're in it, you're going to have a great performance. So basically that means for you athletes out there, this is why I get so jazzed. You can train your mind through mindfulness training to increase your chances of flow state and better performances. Like I said, it doesn't come every time. And that's why increasing the chances of you being in that flow state is huge. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think once all athletes realize that, I will perform my best when I'm in this place or whatever it is, trial and error. I'll allude Mm -hmm. to that later, but whatever it is, like you just got to practice to figure out what works for you to get into that flow state again. Yeah. Right. Now, before we go to the next question, I do want to drop the, the other, if you're not already bought into mindfulness training for the performance side of things, let's talk about mental health for a second. When, and when you think about anxious thoughts, Max, like if we're thinking about anxiety or pre-performance anxiety, are those thoughts in the past, in the present, or the future, usually? Yeah, I mean, I would probably say future. And that's where a lot of my issues have come from, I think, is I'm worrying about, okay, in 10 minutes, what's going to happen? Where am I going to be? 
instead of thinking, oh, next turn mm-hmm. or, or even right now, this yeah. turn, this yeah. turn. Yeah, like right turn. now, what's going my, on? My coach always tells me the most important turn on the course is the next one. Mm-hmm. It's not the time at the finish. It's not how my coaches or teammates see it or other competitors. It's in the present. And yeah. That's why, you know, anxiety and things like that are so common. Yeah. 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 And I think if we run away with anxiety, the future oriented thoughts, that's where the worry comes into place. Um, and the what ifs and, you know, if we get caught in those thoughts so much so that we're taken away from the present moment, then we're losing the process and the process as a performer and in just daily life, that's what keeps you engaged, right? Like that's where you make the most improvement. Now, if we talk about mental health and we think about depression and I'm talking about depression and anxiety because those are the most common things that we see um, in college age students. So if we think about depressive thoughts, where would you say those usually are? Probably in the past. Yeah, like we think about a bad performance. Now that's that's not depression, but if you think about a bad performance and you're kind of feeling down about it, most likely your thoughts are getting caught in focusing on those, the past thoughts, right? Like what happened and um, depression usually for the most part is in the past. Like we just can't break that, excuse me, that cycle of those thoughts. Yeah, it's so important. And I, I see it, you know, in myself, you know, after a bad performance, you know my emotions throughout the day it's like it's like stages you know it's like immediate i feel like for sometimes for me it's like immediate anger mm. and like frustration and then it turns into like a few hours later just like this weird like hopelessness feeling i'll get after like a bad series of races yeah and then you know it just like progresses 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 until you tell yourself come on let's think about where i am right now yeah. that happened can't do anything about it but let's also not think about, you know, tomorrow yet. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so if mindfulness training, I didn't get, get you hooked with the, the flow state and the connection to performance. It also helps with, um, present moment awareness and it helps. There's a lot of research that shows that it helps with, um, depression and anxiety and it puts you at a less risk of feeling depressive thoughts or feeling, um, anxious, uh, it, the more that you engage in some mindfulness exercises. Yeah. And it's going to be different for everyone too, as mm-hmm. you know, you know, everyone's going to be work. Something's there. Something different's going to work for them. And I think it's just important to find what it is. Yeah. It might even be the same for, you know, dealing with mental health and performance. Mm-hmm. It'd be the same thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So question two. So let's, let's run through how we can use mindfulness. We talked a lot about it, but how do we use it? Right. So why does an athlete want to use it? Run us through a step-by-step practice here and, and, you know, as if you were leading me through it. Okay. So I mentioned this already, but there are, you can engage in mindfulness training formally and, and that would be, um, uh, like more breathing exercises. You're sitting down in a quiet room. You're, you're intentionally focusing on breath work. Maybe, maybe you're doing a guided, um, meditation, um, But there's also informal exercises that you can do. Uh, Let's say you're walking down the street, and I mentioned this already. You're on your way to class or something, and instead of listening to your headphones, pull your headphones out and, you know, look at your surroundings and pick out some things that you can see and maybe describe it to yourself uh, in a more in-depth way. 
then pick out some things that you can hear and really listen, you know, as if you've seen it or heard it for the very first time. Um, things that you feel, right? We're going through the five senses here. Those things that you feel in your body, how does your, how do your feet feel in your shoes as you're taking those steps? Um, and then, you know, we talk about uh, taste and smell. Sometimes those are a little harder, but just hone in on that and see what you can pick out. That really is pulling you into the present moment. And that can be a brief exercise. Even if you just, you know, you're informally walking down the street and you're like, oh, you know, looking out at the sky and you see some clouds, like that's bringing your awareness to the present moment in an informal way. You're not like sitting down and doing a meditation. Um, so I do want to plug here. I want to spend a, a second here for, for those formal exercises. We've actually partnered with the Calm app, which is a mindfulness um, app, but it also has a lot of really cool um, exercise or I guess webinars and topics like LeBron James does a a mental fitness and um, there's some sleep stories that can help you sleep uh, but they also have the guided meditations and um, we've partnered with them so every single student athlete at CU right now can sign into this for free you can just register and you have access to that so that can help with your formal um, meditations and your mindfulness training so let's transition to the why question like why would an athlete um, want to do this. I hope that from the first question, you're already like jazzed and interested maybe. Um, yeah, right. Uh, but you know, mindfulness training has so many benefits for performance and mental health. And just to rattle off a few, um, it helps with your focus. It can help you let go of a poor performance and refocus. Um, it can increase your confidence and decrease your self-doubt in, in life, in performance. It can increase your sense of control, your present moment awareness, and um, that belief that you have in yourself on a day-to-day -day basis, whether that's in performance or, or in life or in academics. You know, I could go on about why, um, but for the sake of time, I thought... I could introduce a, a brief breathing exercise that, um, you know, this would be a version of a formal exercise. The reason we go to breathing also, I just want to say, <laughs> because we always have our breath, right? Like, we, yeah. we, we wouldn't be here, we wouldn't be alive if, if we didn't have our breath. And so it's a useful um, place to start for grounding ourselves to the present moment. Um, and you always have it with you wherever you go. So, so this exercise um, is called diaphragmatic breathing. Have you ever heard of it? I have. You have. But okay. I bet other. I bet some others haven't. Yeah. Okay. Well, so often um, we hear diaphragmatic breathing or have seen it maybe in yoga classes, right? Like that deep breathing. Mm -hmm. That it's also called belly breathing. Uh, but diaphragmatic, right? So diaphragm, that's where that comes from. And it really is just playing around with the, the depth of your breath when you breathe in, really trying to expand your diaphragm when you're breathing in, so your belly, 
And when you breathe out, really trying to um, kind of pull your diaphragm in towards your back to fully exhale. And so it's a form of deep belly breathing. Um, but I will also say this is one version. So guided meditation isn't always about changing the depth of your breath or how you're breathing. Sometimes it's about just paying attention to your breath. Um, so for this, Max, if you can, and for everybody who's listening, feel free to join along, but just plant your feet and sit up tall. Um, plant your feet firmly on the ground and just imagine each of your vertebrae stacked one on top of the other, all the way up your spine with your head resting comfortably atop your shoulders. And if you want to close your eyes while you do this, you can. If you prefer, you can leave them open slightly. If you choose to leave them open, I would just suggest that you allow your gaze to rest on focus a few feet in front of you at a spot on the floor. So many of us develop the habit of breathing into our chest and tightening our abdomen as we move throughout the business of our lives. So it may take a few moments to find a comfortable rhythm of your belly breathing and just notice your breath, right? Turn your attention to your breath and see if you can really, as you breathe in deeply, expand your belly and as you breathe out, really deflate your belly. Allow the muscles in your abdomen to relax, letting your stomach expand and deflate as you breathe down deeply into your belly. Sometimes you, it can be helpful if you wanna place one of your hands palm open on your belly, just above the belly button. You can also place the other one on your chest to just see whether your belly is moving more than your chest, which is what we're aiming for. You want your belly to be moving more than your chest rising up and down. And see if you can sense your hand rising and falling with the rhythm of your breathing, the one that's on your belly. And see if you can intentionally take in more air with each in-breath that you take. Just notice any changes that occur by breathing into your belly in this way. You can leave your hand on your belly as long as you like, or when you feel at ease, maintaining a gentle awareness of your breath traveling down into your belly, you can place your hand wherever it feels right to you. And just breathe. Now take one more deep, full inhalation and imagine that your belly button's trying to reach all the way back to your spine as you slowly and completely exhale. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and return your attention to the room. Wow. <laughs> I will say, and I'm not just trying to, you know, overhype mindfulness now, but 
feel pretty relaxed. Yeah. I feel like the exam I took this morning <laughs> is in the past. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Cause we were talking before this and you were like, oof. Um, so it yeah. It feels relaxing. Yeah. It's like my, I feel like I had tension in my shoulders uh-huh. and now I can, I feel like I'm ready to like move on to the next part of my day. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the, I would say neat thing about mindfulness training is the goal isn't necessarily to relax ourselves, but often what we find is it happens, right? So that's kind of the cherry on top. Yeah. I, I love it. I know that's great. I think, I think that's super easy to even do by yourself. Mm-hmm. whatever it is yeah and i think sometimes a barrier is to any new behavior is time right oh i feel like this is you know if i'm going to start my mindfulness training it's i've got to do it well so i've got to set aside 20 minutes to do it and and the answer is no actually like you you could as long as you're getting your daily dose you could do it for 30 seconds and then maybe you increase that just like you would increase your weights in the squat rack, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a mental muscle that you're building. And so if you need to start small, start small and yeah. then build from there. Yeah. And yeah, I think just consistency, mm-hmm. you'll figure out what works. Yeah. Well, some Thank do's you. and don'ts. Let's um, let's do some do's and don'ts. Okay. Wrap so, this one up. Okay. So do's, you do want to focus on your breath. Um, and also give yourself permission to be flexible with where your mind goes as you're doing these mindfulness exercises. It's n- the point is not to get rid of our thoughts or emotions as we're breathing. If your mind goes away from the breath, from focusing on the breath to a thought or like, you know, what am I doing next? That's okay, right? So the non-judgmental piece, remember that definition. It's okay you notice it and then just gently bring your attention back to your breath. Um, the don't would be, don't worry if your if your mind gets taken away from the task and caught up in those thoughts. That's, that's normal. Um, and it takes practice. You're, you're building that, that mental elastic band. Um, and just notice that your mind's left the focus on the breath and gently bring your attention back to your breath. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're going to have those thoughts come in. I mean, I did. Yeah. Thought about, you know, little things coming up in life, whatever it is. But, you know, they go away. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. So yeah. let's finish up with a quote here. Okay. Listen to the silence. It is much to say. Rachel, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you.